Welcome to the Red Shirts Dynasty Podcast, a Ball Blast football production. Here are your hosts, Matthew Betts, Matt Okada, and John Helmkamp. What is up, everybody? Welcome back into the Red Shirts Dynasty Podcast. It is the two. The two Matthews, the two Matts on the show tonight. Mm. Unfortunately, John is not with us. Matthew Betts and Matt Okada are here with you all to break it down. We're talking dynasty fantasy football as we do on the show every week. Uh, unfortunately, John is not able to be with us tonight. He is busy dealing with a family matter, and we just want to give him a quick shout out. Hope he is doing okay and wishing him well uh, with what's going on. But it is Okada and Betts holding it down here tonight, and we're going to switch it up just a little bit. So if you've been following the show, uh, first off, thank you. We love you. Second off, you've been noticing a trend, and we're talking about these rookies in, in depth, doing a profile on these guys, but we were like, Okada and I were texting today, we're like, we can't really do that without John, because I don't know about what you think, Okada, but to me, like John's like such an underrated analyst scout. in terms of yes, scout and of tape, so we were like, we can't do it without him. Like We need his advice, so unfortunately, no rookie talk tonight, but we'll put it on hold just for a second. We'll come back to it next week, but first, Okada, how you doing, man? I haven't talked to you in over a week. Splendid. Also, I think uh, just running off the rails for a second, Bets, maybe we will mention some rookies in passing because we're going to be going through Dynasty ADP through as many rounds as we can get through and finding values, uh, buys and sells of the ADPs they're at. Maybe sometimes we'll be like, hey, this is a round where we should be slotting this rookie, assuming he goes to a good landing spot, give you guys some perspective on that. I don't know. I'm making this up on the fly. It could happen. <laughs> Having said that, uh, I'm doing splendid. Um, uh, a couple days a week now, as we head into draft season, I'm doing this thing for my job where I put together like a bio of facts and fun tweets on each prospect that's fantasy specific. So I'm literally going through every tweet from these players as far back as their Twitter account exists. And it is pretty fun. I found a lot of interesting things. I don't know who, who does or doesn't know this yet, but Kadarius Tony has a full-blown rap career on the side. Yes. Uh, to the point Adjust like where it's... Accordingly. <laughs> to the point where it's potentially even a concern for some people. Like, he likes rapping so much, he might not care about it as much as football. I don't really care about that. Look at Kyler Murray. Everyone's freaked out about baseball, and he dominated. But... Yeah, it's it's been pretty <laughs> enjoyable. Lots of interesting things. I bet you come across some really interesting things in your in, in your search. Yeah, there. I know what to, people like, like to eat. Your favorite <laughs> you restaurants. Know, yeah, you you guys tune into the show because we talk about the player profile and their production and the tape. But Okada is just out here grinding the Twitter <laughs> Twitter sheet to find the dirt on these guys. So hey, we bring it all to you here on the show. Uh, if you are watching on YouTube, would you please, 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 please be so kind? Hit that like button, subscribe. We've been getting a ton of views on our YouTube page. And it's been growing a ton with these videos, and we really appreciate it. So love you guys for that. And if you're listening to your podcast app, if you just want to maybe drop a little review, a little rating, mm. you might just you might just help us out here. Um, but without further ado, we are getting into Dynasty ADP, looking at one quarterback, formats, of, assuming 12 teams, and looking at the, the ADP from DLF. So we took that uh, from their site. They, they're the best in the business that do it. So shout out to them. And... Looking at a guy that we are buying in this range, looking at the first round, second round, third round, etc., and a guy that we are selling in that range based off ADP, is the hype too much or is it not enough? We're buying at that ADP. So at the first round, I'll run down the list of names. No surprises here. Starting with Christian McCaffrey, then it's Jonathan Taylor, Saquon Barkley, Alvin Kamara, Dalvin Cook, Devontae Adams, DK Metcalf, Tyree Kill, Derek Henry. Jude, uh, sorry, I'm on the wrong page. I <laughs> said Juju Smith-Schuster. <laughs> Justin Jefferson, Nick Chubb, and Cam Akers to round out the top 12 Ooh. of a startup right now in late February. Okada, your initial thoughts there. One player that you you think is eh, maybe a little too high in those, those ADPs. So since we're in the first round, it's pretty easy to find guys that might be a little too high and nearly impossible to find someone who's too low. Um... There's a couple guys I think are are concerningly high. So I'll name them in passing, and maybe you tell me which one of your favorite is. Justin Jefferson, we've talked about this a little bit. I think that the reaction to his rookie season is a bit too high. I know he was incredible, arguably the best fantasy rookie wide receiver ever, pretty much, you know, in the conversation like Randy Moss. Um, but I... Uh, we've we've talked previously on on pods that I think maybe we're letting that 
sway our opinion more than we should based off how we evaluated coming coming in and the fact that we said he would be the best rookie for redraft. So Justin Jefferson being the wide receiver four at 10 overall is maybe a little concerning to me. Alvin Kamara, I think, is a bit too high with the Drew Brees uncertainty. I know you're less concerned about that, so I doubt you'll pick that one. And then Jonathan Taylor, we were texting about it at 102. I know he was good. I know we love him on this pod. I know John loves him to the moon and back and probably all the way to Mars and back for that matter. But that's high. Ahead of Saquon, ahead of Dalvin Cook. It's intense. Yeah. I mean, all those names, I think... The, the thing about ADP in the first round is that you can make an argument about anyone pretty much exactly. except for Christian McCaffrey. Yep. Um, but I think Jonathan... Yeah, I think for me, Jonathan Taylor at the second overall pick in all of fantasy football in Dynasty to me is outlandish. I'm not saying that he won't return value there, but you're basically buying this guy at his absolute max ceiling to be the RB1 or RB2 this season or presumably a top five running back for the next two to three years. And can he do it? Sure. But I'm looking at a player who there's more... I guess, risk baked into this ADP. I mean, you're passing on guys who we've seen it for a couple of years. You're also passing on the top tier wide receivers in this uh, first round. If you want to go after Jonathan Taylor, I put this out on Twitter today, just being like, holy crap, he's the second guy in DLS ADP. Are you buying or selling? And almost every single response was that they were selling, which I was kind of surprised about because you look at ADP, it's a general gauge of the public. I would have thought most people to be like, oh, that makes sense. I'm buying there. But I feel like it's one of those things that maybe his value in a dynasty startup is different than in a trade. If you would have told me, hey, man, I'll trade you Jonathan Taylor, I'd say, yeah, I'm, I'm interested in trading for him. And you could be like, I'm going to sell him for number two overall ADP value. I'd say you're out of your mind. I'm not doing that. So that's where I think he's a little bit high. If you really love him and you want to snag him, I think it makes sense. One name that I'll bring up, though, that you didn't mention. What are your thoughts on DK Metcalf? Ooh. being selected as the, let's see, he's the wide receiver two behind Devontae yeah. Adams, ahead of Tyreek Hill, ahead of Justin Jefferson, ahead of A.J. Brown, who we'll get to, etc. I love D.K. Metcalf. He's an absolute monster. I mean, there's no negatives to say about him, but we talked about it with Russell Wilson on our Dynasty Quarterback show. Go back a few episodes if you want to check that out. I don't know, man. Like, he's never going to be in an offense, at least for the foreseeable future, which is how we play in two to three years. That's high passing volume. And you're taking this guy to be a top three wide receiver in Dynasty. And I know the hype this year got there. I think I'm out on that ADP. I don't know about you. Yeah, I was actually saving mentioning DK Metcalf to use it as my reason for my undervalued or my buy at the ADP guy in this round because it's really the only reason I can make a case to buy these guys at their first round ADPs. And that's Tyreek Hill being one spot behind DK Metcalf. Like, don't get me wrong. Tyreek Hill should be in the, in the first round, maybe in the middle of the first round. I don't think that's insane. I actually would put him a little bit higher because I tend to lean receivers over running backs early. But to have him behind DK Metcalf feels pretty wonky to me. And so by proxy, having DK Metcalf at wide receiver two at seventh overall, I agree with you there, seems too high. Tyreek Hill was much better than him last year and much more consistent than him last year. And your point remains and is the key with DK Metcalf. Like if we saw him get a Calvin Johnson target load, I am not afraid to say that he would have a Calvin Johnson ceiling. We talked about that when he was coming in as a draft prospect. Like this guy could either be Calvin Johnson or complete bust. And it's probably actually closer to being one of those two, two things than to a middle of the road guy. The problem is, to be Calvin Johnson for fantasy, you have to get Calvin Johnson targets. And I don't see DK Metcalf consistently getting that. I do see Tyreek Hill getting more targets and arguably still being able to do more with them. Even his quarterback situation is more solid. I know Russell Wilson is like the face of the Seattle franchise, but there's a chance he's not there for too much longer. And there's no chance that Patrick Mahomes not Kansas City for the rest of Tyreek Hill's career, assuming even he stays in Kansas City that long. Yeah, I mean, you said it perfectly with Patrick Mahomes. That's always going to be the the deciding factor for me. 
Yes, I'll take Patrick Mahomes, number one <laughs> wide receiver, who's not only proven that he is good himself, independent of Mahomes, but also a tied to Patrick Mahomes. Oh, and oh, by the way, the Chiefs laughingly spent a first-round pick on Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and didn't even use him this season or barely even needed to use him this year. So like, that's that's where they're at. They're, they're going to throw the football over and over and over again. So you want that. And to me, I would take Tyreek over, over DK Metcalf for sure. All righty. I think we, we don't have to talk about a buy necessarily in that round. It's just sort of true. We, we, they're all great players. Yes. So in, in the, the second round, we're going to kick it off with A.J. Brown at the 2.01. Um, let's see. DeAndre Swift, J.K. Dobbins, C.D. Lamb, Stephon Diggs, Ezekiel Elliott, DeAndre Hopkins, Calvin Ridley, Travis Kelsey, Josh Jacobs, Antonio Gibson, and then to close out the second round at 24 overall, Clyde Edwards, Elaire. And this reaction there, who is valued too highly at this point? Okay, now, now it's a little tougher to find the overvalued because I feel, my gut feel on a lot of these guys is, whoa, they're not in the first round or closer to it because I really like some of these names. There is, though, a guy that's kind of clearly too high for me. It's actually two guys pretty similarly. It's the last two running backs you mentioned. But one of them I'm a little bit more concerned about, and that's Antonio Gibson. And the main reason... A, that he, I'm concerned about him, and B, that I'm concerned about him more than Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, who's the other guy you mentioned at the end there, is the draft capital. Uh, I would prefer, if he was a first or second round pick, to get him this high in an RP list. If you look at every other running back we've named so far, um, if I'm not mistaken, this entire first two rounds, first or second round pick. Alvin Kamara was not, but he's an absolute, you know, unicorn. Um, Antonio Gibson, I think is overhyped in dynasty right now. Yes. He was very good as a rookie. This is kind of similar to the Justin Jefferson situation. Do we have to adjust what we believed about this player coming in based off their rookie season? Yes, we do have to adjust. Justin Jefferson was clearly behind lamb and Judy coming in to rookie drafts for, for pretty much everyone. I don't think that's clear anymore. He should be at least in the conversation, but Adjusting does not equate to <laughs> launching them to number one at their position or number one at their position among young players or whatever you want to describe. Antonio Gibson was very good, but he is on a team I'm not confident in. He is in a offense that I'm not sure he will be the lead back in because oh, he wasn't he really won't. even... No, he ah! Okay, well, I guess it depends on how you define lean back, lead back. He's not going to be I a mean, bell cow. Sure, but he's going to get 15-ish touches per game on average if you look at the season total. That's probably true, but Josh Jacobs is going to get a lot more than that. He's one spot ahead and probably a better offense. And a guy two spots below him in Miles Sanders, now that Doug Peterson's gone, should get, well, spoiler alert for the third round, by the way, sorry, more touches. Uh, come on. Has better draft capital, I think is better talent. Is he good? Yes. Is he going to be a good RB2 for you for... A number of years? Possibly. I'm not even convinced on that. Is he going to be the RB13 in my dynasty rankings? No. That feels too high to me. Yeah, I think that's probably fair. Um, I, I guess I'm a little higher on Antonio Gibson than you, but I also hear what you're saying. But like To me, he seems like about RB15-ish value, so I think he's a little high, but nothing crazy. Um, and I think, too, like he's a player that, let's say you want to cash out. Like you got him in the third round of rookie drafts last year. True. And so if you can turn him around for, gosh, in super flex leagues, at least a mid first, probably even a somewhat early first. Yeah. Um, in a single quarterback, you probably do it for a two first. Like if you have a mid and a late first, you can get those two from another manager, a first and a high second or something like that. I might be willing to do it because, again, you just said, you said the draft capital isn't really there. We don't necessarily trust the franchise, although I do think that they're trending in the right direction with Ron Rivera there. So. He's he's flash. I think he's appropriately valued, in my opinion. Um, for me, the guy that I think is a little overvalued in this range is Ezekiel Elliott. I thought that's what you were going to say. Yes, and we have talked about him on this show. And this is a completely different conversation when we talk about redraft and we talk about dynasty. In redraft, I think Ezekiel Elliott is a top 10 running back this year. I have no question about that. And so if you're drafting in dynasty to win for this season, then sure, take Zeke in the second round or if he falls to the third, great. But just the writing is on the wall. These running backs do not last forever in the NFL. And Ezekiel Elliott was taken in 2016 
It is 2021, Okada. When we talk about the end of the season where I think he's still going to be good, we're talking about a back that has been in the NFL for over five years when you turn the calendar to 2022. And to invest a second-round startup pick in a back like that, I don't know. It, it just seems too rich for my blood. And we've talked about it a lot, so I don't want to you know, beat a dead horse. But I just think at this point, Zeke and Dynasty, to me, is a guy that I don't want on my roster because you know when you take him, moving forward each year, his value is going to slowly drop down a little lower a little lower a little lower and then you're stuck so i'm not i'm not spending a second round sort of pick on zeke no way hmm. do you agree or no it's tough i tend to be a little bit higher in zeke because i feel very confident dak is back the offense gets better he returns to mid-range rb1 form and is that for a couple more years he's only 25 will be 26 for this year to be fair to your point, he has more carries. In fact, he probably statistically has more carries than anyone before 26 in a long time. Uh, but I think he's going to be good enough to be oh, decent in this range. I right. I considered him, but I think decent in this range. Okay. Still second round. Still lots of studs. I think we're good on that value. And the third, yep. I think we can talk more about guys that we're buying because it, it starts to look a little bit different. So you already ruined it, Okada. You told everyone Miles Sanders is the first pick in the third round. Then it's George Kittle, Michael Thomas, rookie Najee Harris, Austin mm. Eckler, Aaron Jones, DJ Moore, Chris Godwin, Joe Mixon, T. Higgins, Terry McLaurin, and then Ugh. Travis Etienne to close out the third round of startups. Let's start with a guy in this range that you think is a little bit too low, and, and you know who I'm going to go with, but let's let's go yeah, to you first. Who Who's too low in this range? I do, and I'm tempted to go there, but I'll leave him for you. <laughs> no, you, you can do it. It's fine. No, 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 no. Because I have to bring up the fact that George Kittle is going at 26. That is silly. Uh, what? First of all, why is he going six spots behind Travis Kelsey? He had an injured season, and so we've dropped him behind a guy who's uh, four years older? Makes no sense. What? What? <laughs> I don't understand this at all. Uh, George Kittle would probably be in my first round. In a dynasty startup, in a non-superflex dynasty startup, George Kittle is at the end of the first round for me. Maybe even the middle of the first round. We've talked on this podcast. In fact, we might like tight ends high more than anybody else. I'm not sure. I haven't done a poll. But we love them. And it's foolishness. The case. Yes, it's foolishness to have him here at 26 overall, almost in the range of a couple rookie running backs and behind guys like Antonio Gibson and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I don't understand it. So that's a clear value for me. Yeah, I, I'm with you 100%. I could not agree more. Um, I feel like no one's talking about this guy. No one's Apparently. talking about George Kittle. And he can be dominant on the field, as we've seen. And, and one I, loss season. Yeah. Any and, and concerns with the with you, No, he was going to come back last year if they were in contention. And they just slowly okay. fell out of playoff contention. He would have been back. Same with Jimmy G. They just were like, what's the point? Um, yes. So, yes, I'm still very much in on George Kittle to me. He is a second round startup pick. And I would certainly take him above this ADP. We got to talk about Terry McLaurin, dude. Mm. All the way down. He's almost in the fourth round of a startup draft. Terry no, McLaurin is a guy that we touted all offseason last year. I would like to think that we single-handedly rose his ADP by at least three rounds. <laughs> but we also had a very uh, smart football analyst on the show. His name is Matt Harmon. And mm. he talked to us that day, back last summer, about how he thought Terry McLaurin was like the next elite wide receiver that's ready to break out. And maybe that was a little premature. I think we could all agree it probably was. But look at who is throwing this guy the football. We're talking about Case Keenum. We're talking about Dwayne Haskins. Taylor Bad Heineke. For, for the nope. like, who, who, who is throwing this guy the football, right? So at some point, they're going to address that position. Uh, they could do it as early as free agency. Heck, maybe. I know it's not a high risk or a, a high opportunity, but Deshaun Watson, maybe. They could bring mm. in someone to stabilize that position. And if not, then they can get it in the draft. And it's a an offense that I think is trending the right direction. Terry McLaurin still went over 1,100 yards last year. The, the way he fell off was only four touchdowns as opposed to seven his rookie year. We know touchdowns are a little bit fluky and they can come up and down. But you look at a guy who progresses to, to earn almost a 30% target share. And I say earn because you'll hear people ask if that's a skill or not. I think it is. You got to get open to the, have him throw you the football and be able to produce the way he did on that type of offense with horrible quarterback play. So you're basically getting this guy right now, in my opinion, at his floor or close to his floor. 
And I'm always trying to invest in a guy like that. So I think to me, Terry McLaurin is probably my favorite undervalued player here in the third, almost fourth round of a startup. To me, that is silly. Any guys on this list you think are a little overvalued? Um, hmm, not particularly. The rookie running back slotting in here is uh, it's getting to the right range, I would say. So I can't bark about it too much. Yeah, I think that sounds uh, about right too for Najee this is and pretty reasonable. T. Yeah, T. Higgins is maybe a bit high. What do you think about T. Higgins at wide receiver thirteen? I know we like his quarterback situation. He's a spot ahead of Terry McLaurin, and that is the only reason why. Yeah, I, I like T. Higgins. I, I like think, him. Yeah, but to, you're you're taking him over Mike Evans, who all he does is put up a thousand yards, and he's he's still only twenty seven. Mike Evans is just entering his prime. It's silly. Um, you're taking him over. Keenan Allen, who just every year it's a hundred receptions. You know, you're, you're sort of taking a risk and calling your shot with that. So I don't hate it if you're all in on T. Higgins. I think maybe it's a little rich for my blood. I think I have in my rankings closer to like the wide receiver, like 15 to 18 range off the top of my head. So he's a little bit mm -hmm. higher here than what I would like, but I think it's fine if you want to kind of justify it. I'm not not too upset about it. Yep. I think that's right. Okay. On to the fourth round. Starting with the first quarterback off the board, Patrick Mahomes, then James Robinson. Ooh. Mike Evans, rookie Jamar Chase, Keenan Ooh. Allen, Allen Robinson, Darren Waller, Juju Smith-Schuster, who I'm really interested to talk about, Kenny Galladay at wide receiver 20, David Montgomery, Amari Cooper, and then to close it out, quarterback two off the board, Lamar Jackson. Wow. Who's undervalued? Undervalued? I'm going to have to go... Well, I would say Darren Waller, but I don't want to go tight ends back-to-back. -back. I'll say Darren Waller in passing because all the tight ends I'm probably going to think are undervalued, or at least all the elite ones, which he's the last one of. Uh, he should be higher. But I will pick Allen Robinson because I think there is little to no chance that he does not have an improved quarterback situation next season. That could happen any number of ways. One, he's a free agent. He could go somewhere else with a better quarterback. Not hard to do considering the quarterback play he's had his entire career. Uh, two... They, the Bears bring in a new quarterback, either through free agency or trade. They've been rumored. They were rumored to be a top Wentz candidate. Obviously, that didn't work. We'll see what they can pull together. Uh, maybe they draft someone. Tough to say. Three, they give Mitchell Trubisky the full reins after trying the Nick Foles experiment. You know, Betts, as do many of our listeners, that I'm a Trubisky truther. I'm sorry. I think in this world, he, I think he can be a decent enough NFL quarterback to support Allen Robinson better than he has been for most of his career, at least better than he has for the first couple of years. And even then, Allen Robinson has been a fringe wide receiver one every year, and he's down here at wide receiver eighteen. That makes no sense. What I agree, he was, he was just a top ten wide receiver in fantasy two years in a row. Fact with those with terrible quarterback play, throwing yes. the football. And again, wide receivers, he's entering age 27 like that. He will be in his prime for two more years. So, yes, yes it's only going to get better for A-Rob. And I'm, I've been an A-Rob truther, truther for a while. So it's good to see him here. I think in terms of like a trade target or a startup value. Yes, I'm in on Allen Robinson. I don't the, the rest of this feels about right. I would say and there's not really one that I think is like undervalued outside of A-Rob because he was the guy I was going to talk about. One guy that I think is interesting is Juju Smith-Schuster. Yeah. Sitting here at wide receiver 19. I don't really have a strong take on this. I think that seems about right. Maybe a little high. Because when you look at the guys that are behind him, you're talking about Kenny Galladay, who, in my opinion, is an alpha wide receiver. I know recently we haven't seen him on the field. But to me, he's an alpha. We love Brandon Ayuk. Spoiler alert, who's going to go in the next round. <sighs> Jerry Judy, I think, is still great. Robert Woods is good. Like... You're looking at guys that are still a little bit more reliable, in my opinion. But the age is the thing that's still... I just can't quit Juju, man. He's so young. But we don't know where he's going. We don't know where he's playing. We know it's not with the Steelers. That's pretty much confirmed at this point. The question is, where is he going to play and what is the situation? Because if you're telling me Juju lands in a system... Let's say he's like on the Colts like to be their next kind of two alongside of Michael Pittman. That could work. Maybe he lands in Green Bay. Phenomenal alongside Devontae Adams. Like... He could be a guy who thrives as the team's wide receiver too. I'm not sure he's a one. I think we can probably all agree, but he just kind of feels like he's in no man's land. So I don't know what to do with him. What are you doing with Juju at wide receiver 1980p in the fourth round? So here's the tough thing with Juju. He's very anomalous. So I fully buy into your confusion. This is the thing with him. 
I feel confident that he is going to get demand and get wide receiver one money because of his age, because of the production he's shown, because of the talent. He's a popular personality. I think a lot of teams are going to want him. But to your point, I would kind of prefer it if he was a 1B or maybe even a 2. If he like replaced Chris Godwin and he was there with Mike Evans, well, the quarterback situation makes it a little bit less exciting. But that kind of wide receiver situation, that would feel really nice. Like a guy across from him that's very different, that has a different role, where they can kind of be in a 1A, 1B situation. I might really like that for Juju. The problem is, I don't know if that's going to happen because I think he's going to demand wide receiver one money and probably get it. So that makes it tough. Also, uh, further anomaly, there is his age and his early production versus what we saw last year. And obviously the year before was completely dead because of quarterback play. We can't really account for that. So this one's really tough. Are we heading towards an Odell situation where... He was looking like the best receiver in the league, top five dynasty pick, and then all of a sudden a bunch of injuries derailed Odell, and now he's nothing, nearly. Not nothing, but is that what we're heading towards? Except it's not because of injury, but just because he's in this no-man's land you talked about? Maybe. I lean away from that. I lean towards the talent and the age and say, I think this guy can still progress even further. I buy him here at this ADP and probably a little bit higher, but he is a tough one. Yeah, he's he's an enigma. I'm really excited to see where he goes here in a few weeks. And we should know. I mean, it's almost March. We should know yep. soon where he's going to be landing. Um, gosh, I can't quit Juju. All right, <laughs> moving on. We got Let's a lot. The, the big problem is that we have a lot more years of not quitting him because he's only 24. I know. Like I can't wait more to be years. like three years from now being like, what do you think, man? Is this the year for Juju? Hey, <laughs> Bounce he's back season. Devontae Parker, man. But the thing is, like, except he's already broken I mean, out. In three years, he could be 27 in his prime. Yeah, <laughs> that's so silly. So the age, I just can't can't quit it. All right, moving on to the fifth round. Your boy Brandon Ayuk, Devon oh. Smith, rookie out of Alabama, Deontay mm. Johnson, Kyler Murray, Chase Claypool, Jerry Judy, Julio Jones, Josh Allen, Robert Woods, Deshaun Watson, Javante Williams, DJ Ooh. Chark to close out the fifth round javante williams rookie running back out of uh, north carolina if you missed nice. the show three episodes ago go back check that out we did a full scouting report on him but i'll kick it back to you okada let's go with uh, an overvalued guy here in the fifth round maybe one that you're not really buying this one's easy for me it's chase claypool yep i knew you were gonna say that yeah i'm doing the same thing i've done with the last couple overvalues you asked me about and uh, we're overreacting to a rookie season that was incredible his touchdown production, I don't think, is sustainable. First of all, I don't know how many years of Big Ben we're going to have left, and I don't know what we're going to have after that. One, but, maybe. Yeah, maybe one. Not even necessarily. Although recent reports, uh, Aditi Kinkabala from the NFL Network said he'll be back. Yeah. So I think we can expect one more year, but after that, I don't know. And to anyone who thinks, oh, well, he could step up in the juju spot and be like the wide receiver one or the 1B. No, I give that to Deontay Johnson, and I think Chase Claypool takes a complimentary big body slash downfield role. He will be good, I think, but I think it's more likely that he's a back-end wide receiver two to more often a wide receiver three, and his wide receiver two production will be fluky. And so I want to put him a few rounds back. of not Maybe not a few rounds back, but a couple rounds back of this. He feels... Like one of the more overrated guys we've seen. He's not going to have 78 touchdowns or whatever he had as a rookie every year. Let's, what did he actually have for? He had 12 total. Two of those came via the rushing attack. Yes. Thank you. Yeah, I'm with you. I think Chase Claypool is an exciting prospect. I'm not willing to take him in this round. If he was maybe in the sixth or the seventh, sure. But you're also talking about a player who. Gosh, we'd have to do the math, but a very, very large majority of his production came against my Eagles in week five. He went <laughs> for seven receptions, 110 yards, three receiving touchdowns, also ran for a touchdown. So you're looking at 40 fantasy points there, and this guy scored a, a total of 183. Okada, you do the math. That is quite a bit in one game. And so in football, it is a very, very small sample size as is. And when you're already zooming in on a player's game, that is 16 games into his career, zooming in that much on that 
game. I don't know. I think we saw some exciting things. I think he's a, a fine prospect. I'd, I'd be excited to have him if I already had him in Dynasty, but I'm not drafting him in a startup this round. I would agree with you. Did you, yeah, uh, did you crunch the numbers over there? Uh, something like 20%, but that's off my head, not calculator. Okay, so someone at home is doing the math, and they're like, you idiots. <laughs> <laughs> but that is a lot of production in one game, so I would just caution people. I think that's probably the right, right call. Um, one guy to me that seems a little undervalued here. What are we doing? What are we doing with Julio Jones? Mm. I mean, oh, I'm not saying I, I mean, undervalued is not the right word because I think that he is a guy who could make this look silly for two years. He could also make this look way overvalued, actually, in two years yes. because of the fact that he's going, what is it, wide receiver 27? 27. I don't know, man. I don't know. I had Julio ranked as like a high end two entering dynasty or entering the the season last year in terms of dynasty rankings because we know he's a top five wide receiver when he's healthy. But is this the end for Julio? I don't know. There could be a quarterback change coming soon. Calvin Ridley took a huge step forward last year, so to me, he's a guy that I'm really intrigued by his dynasty startup value because of the fact that it could be he could produce his wide receiver one numbers for two years in a row. And we'd be like, Oh yeah, that makes sense. That's Julio Jones or he could fall off the face of the earth and, and be kind of done. So I don't know what to do with Julio, man. Yeah. Julio is kind of the, the same difficulty as Juju, but for all different reasons. Yeah, exactly uh, well, or, 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 at least, yes, at least primarily opposite in age reasons, AKA he's so good. He's been so good and consistent. If he does lose Matt Ryan, it's because they drafted a quarterback at four who we probably are going to like to replace Matt Ryan decently well, a.k.a. maybe Justin Fields. A lot of mocks have him going there, Um, which is nice. Obviously, it's no guarantee to be as good as Matt Ryan, who's been incredibly productive, especially for fantasy, but still, it's not a bad replacement option. 32 is quite old, and I think what this really boils down to, and the reason it's so hard, is because if you're competing this year, and you tell me Jerry Judy, who's one spot ahead, or Julio Jones, I want Julio Jones. But in a startup, it's really hard to evaluate that because you don't know you don't know whether you're going to be competing or not. And if you if it's the rest of your draft doesn't go too well and you're stuck with Julio Jones, that's a big boo-boo because he's going to be producing and moving your draft spot up a spot or two, and then he's going to be gone when you're ready to compete, which is really unfortunate. True. So it's tough. Well, I would argue if you take Julio, you know what you're doing. You don't take Julio for a productive struggle in the first year. That's true. So if you are drafting Julio Jones, you need to be correlating the rest of your roster to win this year. You basically trade your 2022 picks or your 2021 picks if you technically get any before this to after you draft Julio Jones and start racking up other picks in this range to get compete now, guys. Yeah, and that's what you do. And that's not wrong. Like some people like that when they play a dynasty startup to get the first True. year playoff run or a victory or it's also nice league that dues for the next two or three years. Like, you know, if you win the whole thing. Yeah, and it's also nice to kind of actually have a strategy in your startup because otherwise, if you just like pick willy nilly, you might end up with a mixed team that's not ready to compete now or rebuild. And that's be in the middle. Good. Yeah, no, you don't want that. All right, moving on. After what was that? That was the fifth round. It was. We have Tyler Boyd, Kyle Pitts, rookie tight end at tight end four value here. Wow. Kareem Hunt, Jalen Waddle, the rookie out of Alabama, LaVisca Chenault, Cortland Sutton, Justin Herbert, Cooper Cup, Rondale Moore, Mark Andrews, Debo Samuel, and Adam Thielen in the sixth round. Ooh, I know the name me. I'm going with who's undervalued here. What so you do I. I feel like Ooh. it's probably the same guy. Should we say it on three? I I have two. It is tough. Oh, all right. Well, I'll say mine then because I know it's one of yours, and that's Cortland Sutton. Yes. Yeah. Uh, this is insanely low for Cortland Sutton. Wide receiver he 33. Is, nonsense. He is a bona fide wide receiver one. Now, I understand his quarterback situation is Garbaggio. Okay? It's really bad. I, <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen there. I, I wish I could give credit because I don't remember who tweeted this. I saw it today. Someone tweeted a video of him like, dancing and rapping on the sidelines and, and he said drew lock what was it like drew lock uh lip sank his way into your fantasy lineups and i'm ashamed of you or something like yes that. True. That is so true. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah that makes it tough but he is too good to be this low 
because he is going to be a wide receiver two at the low end, I think, and a wide has a wide receiver one ceiling, even mid to high wide receiver one ceiling, if he gets a good quarterback. So the fact Deshaun that he's Watson. going behind LaVisca Chenault, yes, Deshaun, Deshaun Watson. Utter nonsense. Give me Cortland Sutton here. Absolutely. Yeah. This is silly. Um, Forward-thinking dynasty players, which is how you win in dynasty. If you wait for the news to break, you're too late. You're two steps behind. You need to be trading for Broncos skill players right now. When the podcast is over, or pause it and then come back. We need to be trading for Noah Fant, Cortland Sutton, uh, Jerry Judy, whoever you want. Name them. You should be trading for them. Because if Deshaun Watson lands there, their ADP will rise by at least around, probably around and a half for each of these guys. Oh, and yeah. Cortland Sutton already, as is without a quarterback, is already undervalued. So to me, if Deshaun Watson goes there, like he's easily in the top 24 of Dynasty ADPs. We were talking about this guy a couple years ago as like a top 10 rookie pick and probably like a value at that point. And now he's the wide receiver 33 in a startup. It makes absolutely zero sense. He's one of the best buys in all of Dynasty at this ADP. 100% agree with that. Who's your, right. guy? your other guy? Tyler Boyd. Mm. Well, you know, I love wide receiver 30. I think is a little undervalued. I don't think it's outlandish. I would probably have him in the top 25. So maybe he's about five spots off for me. But Joe Burrow is a good freaking quarterback and he loves to target that slot wide receiver who plays the slot better than a lot of the wide receivers in this league. It's Tyler Boyd. And he's produced with Andy Dalton in some not great years for Andy. Um, and we've seen Tyler Boyd, as you've done with a lot of the scouting that you've done with Tyler Boyd, be able to excel um, in the slot. So I love him here. He has a, a, a quarterback who's locked up there long term. Now, is is Joe Burrow going to be the same this year coming off that knee injury? It's hard to say. But I do think Tyler Boyd is a guy who um, you look at kind of what he's done in the past. And to me, you're getting him again for the next couple seasons at his floor. Can you tell me, Betts, how many targets A.J. Green got last year? Too many. Uh, that, that is the correct answer. 79. That is a fair and expected guess, because that's what maybe he should have gotten. He got 104 targets. What? Yes. Is that real? He was so bad. <laughs> uh, if you just if you sort, if you sort the wide receivers from last year by targets and look at the fantasy points per game... You will laugh out loud at AJ Green because everybody above and below him for like 50 guys has double digit fantasy points and he has 6.96 fantasy points per game. He was the most inefficient fantasy receiver in all of the world last year and he still managed to suck away 104 targets. I don't see that happening again. It was nonsense. They have to recognize it was bad. That means more targets should go to Tyler Boyd. It's easy math. He good. Yeah, 100%. Man, over 100 targets. That sounds outlandish. It is. That's crazy. Love Tyler Boyd. Okay. We are on to, what is this, round seven? Uh, quickly, because I oh, don't yeah. understand this. I need you to explain it to me if you can. Why is LaVisca Chenault here in the sixth round at wide receiver 32? <laughs> uh, good question. Uh, I believe it is because people love him and because he's going to be playing with Trevor Lawrence. And because Urban Meyer, we should do a coaching uh, show, by the way. That's um, true. He's Urban six Meyer, spots behind DJ Chark. Yeah, but the way Urban Meyer uses that like gadgety type of receiver. Remember Curtis Samuel at um, Ohio State, Percy Harvin at Florida. LaVisca kind of does that. I'm lukewarm on LaVisca. I think I'm out of this ADP. I think he's fine. Like if you want a wide receiver three in your roster, he's fine. But mm. I don't know. Yeah, right. you're not a Leviska fan. No, <laughs> you don't Pass. like when he uh, he caught that touchdown off the defender's shoulder pad at like week twelve. I mean, listen, he'll make he'll make a lot of good plays. <laughs> he'll be on Sports Center several times a year, but I don't want him on my team. Sorry. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay, we are moving on to what did I say? The seventh round? E perhaps. Okay, wherever we are. Yes, we're in the seventh. <laughs> we're at, okay, seventy three overall. Yes, math is hard. First player, Tyler Lockett. AJ Dillon, Rashad what? Bateman, rookie. What, AJ Dillon? Yes. Okay, we'll talk about it. Okay. Um, Oda Beckham, TJ Hawkinson, wow. Ronald Jones, Dak Prescott, Chris Carson, Will Fuller, Trevor Lawrence at quarterback eight, Noah Fant, Miles Gaskin to close it out. 
Hmm. Interesting round. You think AJ Dillon's overvalued here, huh? I do think AJ Dillon is overvalued here. Even if the but Packers dude, have you seen his thighs? Yes, I have seen his thighs. They are quite large. <laughs> his thighs are undervalued here. In all honesty, I am sure that their diameter is larger than my waist, which oh, is not 100%. saying much. But I doubt that zero percent. <laughs> yeah. Here's the thing. Even if Aaron Jones does not get signed back, which I kind of feel like is the case, did anybody like AJ Dillon a lot as a prospect? In, no. in, in the dynasty community? No. So what is he doing at RB25 without any certainty of getting a job? I don't understand this at all. I do not want. Go away, AJ Dillon. Okay, I'm going to spin it to you in a different way. Okay, hit me. What if I told you Eddie Lacy was a top five running back in fantasy? I would... I'm not, I'm not saying Eddie Lacy is a good shame. running back. I would feel deep shame because I specifically remember touting Eddie Lacy like the year before he went to Chinese food explosion and was awful. So I feel so shame. My college buddies and I did a dynasty startup auction draft. This was mm-hmm. probably five years ago at this point. Eddie Lacy was the hot thing. Des Bryant was like a top pick. Yep. Um, the names are just funny. And Eddie Lacy went for like over 25% of this guy's budget in a startup. Wow. We also were idiots at the time. We didn't know what we were doing. But that just sticks out when I think of Eddie Lacy. And the only reason I bring it up is because Aaron Rodgers will make you a good running back. Will he not? The offense is good. He knows how to get you the ball out of the backfield. He's going to get you in scoring position. And Aaron Jones is head and shoulders above these guys. So I'm I'm not making any comparisons. But Eddie Lacy was productive. Aaron Jones is productive. Jamal Williams, when you give him 20 touches in this offense, is productive. That's I'm true. just saying, if those guys walk and AJ Dillon is the dude, he's gonna be a top twenty-four running back at least, probably top fifteen actually, with how good the offense is, just based off scoring and touchdowns. So, to me, I feel like he's probably appropriately valued right now. If we mm. knew the situation, I think it would change. But I think, and I don't like the player. This is the ultimate running backs don't matter pick. In they could also franchise tag Aaron Jones, by the way, and it would not be that expensive. I don't think Aaron Jones is did gone. You, Maybe that's why. I did you see so him? Much. He's asking for 15 mil. I did not see that, but he's not going to get it. Well, he's not yeah. going to get it anywhere else. So, what do you what do you think he can get in free agency? Like 12 11, and a half? 12? Maybe. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. If, I don't know if they'll pay him that. So well, I don't know. I don't know about AJ Dillon. Yeah, I will say. I'm willing to be wrong on AJ Dillon. So if I had him on a roster, which I think I have zero shares of because we were not high on him in the rookie process, I'd be out. I'd be catching him with this uncertainty and just being like, you know what? I'll take a first for him and move on. I think the points you made are valid to the to the effect of he could be a RB2, but I am much better passing out on that and being like, oh man, I could have had AJ Dillon as an RB2, but he's going to RB25, so that's hardly even a value. And that's like, to me, yeah. less than a coin flip chance of happening. I think it's more likely he does not ever become an RB2. Sorry, AJ. Sad times for AJ. Okay. Yeah. I, I don't know if this is a, a buy or a sell, but we just have to talk about this player. Odell Beckham Jr. Yes. Wow. The guy that was going as the number one overall startup pick not that long ago, a couple of years, a few years, is now going as the wide receiver 40 the 76th player off the board in ADP behind Rashad Bateman, behind AJ Dillon, behind Rondale Moore. Gracious. I mean, what like Debo Samuel, by the way. I think Why that's probably 36. Really? You like Debo that much? Ahead of Odell? Yes. All right. <laughs> I don't even like Odell, and that feels a little rich, but okay. Yeah. What? So, what are we telling people to do? Because he's an mm. enigma. Mm-hmm. I put this out recently. Because we're, I mean, spoiler alert, we're working on a pretty significant injury project behind the scenes over at ballbossfootball.com. I'm just putting it out there. I'm just putting hey. it out there. And I was looking back at Odell Beckham's injury history, and I was like, man, this dude has had a run of it recently. Mm-hmm. Year after year. We're talking about, obviously, the hamstring injury to start his career. High ankle sprain with a fractured fibula. Then the sports hernia issue. The ACL this year. Like, it's just adding up to a point where I'm like... Is this dude going to be right? He turns 29 in November. I could not be more out on Odell Beckham Jr. in general. Now, with all that said, if you're telling me I got a guy that's this talented at the wide receiver 40, I'm intrigued. Because we've seen him obviously be good, 
But the other thing is that people will tell you is maybe he's not as good with the Browns offense because Baker is plays worse when he's in there. I don't know about mm. that. I think that's a little silly of a take, but the numbers back it up. So what are you doing with Odell Beckham here in Dynasty? Yeah, first of all, I will say I have not done like a full study on that, but I don't know if it's that silly of a take because there is not a guy in the league who gets crankier when he doesn't get the ball, which means you have to force it to him. And if it doesn't work well because he's hampered or the chemistry is in there, whatever it is, the offense does suffer. Here's my here's my deal with Odell Beckham Jr. At wide receiver 40 and for the pick prices I think you can get him at in trades, I think he's a value. But in the sixth uh, sixth round? No, seventh round of a startup? With guys like TJ Hawkinson going after him, Dak Prescott going after him, Will Fuller going after him, Noah Fant going after him. I don't, I think he's... That feels like an overvalue. So it's this True. weird dichotomous situation. Like, yes, I want him more than Debo Samuel, although apparently that's not consensus. Uh, I want him more than probably Rashad Bateman, but I'm not a huge Bateman guy, so that's not hard to say. Oh, really? Um, I like Bateman. I want him a lot more than LaVisca Chenault, for sure, but we just talked about that. It's like, yes, I want him higher than this in the wide receiver rankings, and I think you can probably get him for... Well, actually, let's feel this out. Do you think you can get him for a mid to late second? Single quarterback? Yes. No. He has too much name value. Wow. All right, well, then the trade value is not there if that's the case. If you can get him for a mid to late second... In trade value, I think it is. Maybe we should put that out as a poll because that would be pretty interesting to see. Okay. So um, what was the trade again? I'm going to write it down so I don't forget. Well, let's just figure out what's the trade value on Odell. Like, is it okay. a late what first? What would you trade for Odell? Late first, yes. second, yeah. late second, early third, yep. whatever. Okay. Give the people them options. But Follow the show at Redshirts FF Pod if you want to access that poll. Go vote. Go vote. Uh, but... <laughs> In this range in a startup with the names I can get at other positions after and around him, I don't like that at all. I don't want any piece of it. I'm like your take with AJ Dillon. I'm willing to miss the Odell bounce back. Although, to be fair, the theoretical Odell bounce back is insanely high, but I don't think it's going to happen. I think the odds are so low. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, again, if it happened, I wouldn't be absolutely shocked, but it's just it's less likely to happen than it is likely to happen. Yeah. So with you on that. Okay. Round eight. Joe Burrow. Dallas mm. Goddard, Brandon Cooks, Marquise Hollywood Brown, aka the fake Hollywood, Michael Gallup, Russell <laughs> Wilson, Raheem Mostert, Michael Pittman, Jalen Rager, Leonard Fournette, Melvin Gordon, and Jarvis Landry at wide receiver 47 to close out the eighth round. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna I gotta take this. I gotta take this, man. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Michael Gallup is a mm-hmm. screaming value in Dynasty. Ooh. Wide receiver 44 is bananas for a guy who was going last year in like the fourth round. Yep. And you know what happened? Dak Prescott got hurt. And all yep. of a sudden, no one wanted Michael Gallup. But naturally, talent won out over time. Because who did he produce with at the end of the year? Andy Dalton. Hmm. Michael Gallup is still a very good wide receiver. Very I'm good. not really reading into a ton of what happened last year in Dallas outside of a couple of like specific situations. Like, for example, we saw Zeke be kind of uninterested, and that turned me off. We also saw um, the quarterback play come down, and we saw a couple of these guys still succeed. CeeDee Lamb was good. Amari Cooper was still pretty good for fantasy. Michael Gallup had splash splash weeks. So wide receiver 44 for what projects to be a top 10 offense this year? No way, man. I'm, I'm very in on Michael Gallup at that ADP. 24 years old, I have shouted from the rooftops about this guy. He was one of my least fortunate obsessive picks last year, not by any issue of his own, as you just mentioned, just because the offense fell apart with Dak's injury. So I could not be more with you on this one. Um, Let me ask you this, Betts. Michael Gallup and Juju in the same spot, pick a spot, let's say the Colts. How close are they? I'm not trying to understand your question. <laughs> so, like, the Colts could sign Juju. The Colts could sign... I mean, they, they couldn't sign Michael Gallup. I'm just trying to get a sense of talent here. Because okay. Michael Gallup's still on a rookie contract. But if you put him... I'm comparing him to Juju. You put them in the same sort of situation. 
How close are they to you? It's a coin flip. Okay. I feel like nobody is thinking that. And I feel like it's true. Michael Gallup's talent is insane. Draft him. <laughs> He's going to play with Dak Prescott this year. Draft yes. him. <laughs> Draft him around early if you have to. Also, honestly. for what it's worth to anyone who's um, doing startups or making pick trades, prepping for your dynasty season based around the question of, is Dak going to come back or not? In my personal opinion, do everything with the 100% certainty that Dak is coming back. I have no doubt he's coming back. I don't think you should reduce your rankings, lower your trade values, or anything based off the, the fear that Dak might not be back. That's my personal opinion. Michael Gallup is going behind the following names. Are you ready for this? Hit me. Ronald Jones. Doo-doo. Chris Carson. He's a free agent running back who's 26 years old. Undrafted. Garbage. Like, Yeah. Miles um, Gaskin. What? Ah, these, this is what the people are doing, man. <laughs> Love Michael Gallup at that price. You're with me. You're with me there. Anyone yes. that you think is maybe overvalued in this range? Jalen Rager. Oh, Sorry, bets. Sorry. Hate to see it. Yeah. Uh, to be perfectly honest, I wasn't a big Jalen Rager fan pre-draft process. I, or I shouldn't say that. There was a lot of hype in our specifically tight-knit Dynasty community. A lot of the guys that we you know run with in Dynasty Twitter loved Jalen Rager. I was not that high on him. He went to an offense and a situation in a team that is in a major state of flux. I love Jalen Hurts as a fantasy quarterback. I don't know how I feel about him feeding the ball to Jalen Rager. Uh, there, are, there are a lot of guys that I'd rather have in this range than Jalen Rager at the wide receiver position, let alone at any position. He's going one spot behind, behind Michael Pittman. Um, I'd take Michael Pittman like two rounds ahead of Jalen. Maybe even more. I'd probably take Michael Pittman like three three or four rounds ahead of Jalen Rager. So this is insane to me. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. He's He sort of feels like he's in no man's land. Like, I don't really know... Because he was taken in the first round of rookie drafts last year, so you don't really want to like cut bait on a guy like that. But it wasn't; it was a lost season. Now he did deal with injury, right? So yes. had the thumb issue, missed time with the shoulder injury early in the season. We'll see. But, but he did not show much at all. That's, That's true. my main concern. Like I want to see at least a little bit when he's on the field. I didn't. I don't remember seeing hardly anything. Yeah, that's true. And if Jalen Hurts is going to succeed in fantasy, it's going to be on the via ground. the ground game. Yep. So okay, that that makes sense. Also, real quick before we move on, Leonard Fournette, like Ooh. he's gonna be out of the league in two years. No, I don't think he's gonna be out of the league, but I don't think he's gonna have a lead spot in two to three years. Um, it seems like a waste. Like why? It is why a waste here. No, yeah, I I don't draft him here. This There's feels so like... many names on this list in the next round that you want over Leonard Fournette. This feels higher than what people actually think, which is surprising to me. Like, I feel like this is, he's not viewed this highly in the dynasty community in general. So it surprises me his ADP is this hot. Like, I feel like you should be able to get him lower than here, and I wouldn't mind that. But getting him here, I do not like. So uh, overvalued. The people are crazy. Okay, moving on to the next round. We have Terrace Marshall out of LSU, the rookie, Kenyon Drake, Denzel Mims, Damian Harris, Hunter Henry, Curtis Samuel, Aaron Rodgers. Devontae Parker, Corey Davis, Robbie Anderson, Kenneth Gamewell, the rookie running back, and Mike Gesicki here to close it out at tight end 10 value in this round, which is, what are we at, round nine? Uh, Probably, yes. I got a name. For over or under? Under. Okay. Why does no one like Curtis Samuel? As mm. the wide receiver 50? He was a guy all last offseason we talked about going to get him because we knew the role was going to grow in this system in Carolina. And now we don't know where he's going to play, but he he hasn't been a bad player. That's never been the mm -hmm. argument. And now we saw him actually take a big step forward last year and produce, and now people don't want him. It makes absolutely no sense to me. You are drafting this guy as the wide receiver 50. What is that? Like I would probably put him in the side of the top 40. So to be 10 spots off is, to me, just silly. So I think I can diagnose the Curtis Samuel problem. Let me throw this at you, and you tell me if you think it's right. I think okay. Curtis Samuel is suffering from James White syndrome, which is he is always going to finish better than wide receiver 50. Literally yeah. always. But... <laughs> 
he does not have the ability or the upside to ever be a true wide receiver one, probably in the NFL and even for, or probably in fantasy, certainly in the NFL. So like you look at guys ahead of him, right? Jalen Rager, huge shot in the dark, much more likely that Curtis Samuel finishes ahead of him this year and probably consistently, but could he be a true one? Yes. Michael Pittman? Yes. Michael Gallup? Yes. Brandon Cooks and Marquise Brown? I don't even like Marquise Brown, but probably yes. The guys after him, Tylen Wallace? Yes. Corey Davis? Uh, maybe not. Devontae Parker? Yes. I think that's what, what, what Curtis Samuel's issue is. Like He's always going to be somewhere in the 30 to 40 range, probably, but he's never going to be top 12. And so people look at their options in these middle rounds and they say, well, I could draft Curtis Samuel and have a fine wide late like wide receiver two, three flex guy, or I could take this guy who could break out and be a wide receiver one for my team. Which one do I want? I want the exciting guy. Yeah, that's probably it. Are you looking at the doc right now? I am. Dang it. All right. I was going to ask you to guess Curtis Samuel's age. He's 24, 24 years old. <laughs> yeah. If you would have asked me, I would have probably told you 25 or 26. Yeah. He's been in the league for a while. He's so young. What this is, is his it, upside man. to you? Uh, I would say probably he's, his upside is like wide receiver 20 to wide receiver 24. Oh, that's not good. To get him at this ADP, it is. Uh, yes, it is to get him at this ADP. But I'm saying the upside for wide receiver to be a low-end wide receiver 2 isn't great. And so that's where I think he suffers in the ADP. But I don't think it's the that's right That's why answer. people are drafting him here. But the reason, like the yes. issue is like people think that every wide receiver can be a wide receiver 1. True. That is... That's not going to happen. Only 12 like, can. For one, <laughs> mathematically, for it doesn't happen. Yes, that's so if you're true. telling me I can get a wide receiver two on my roster in Dynasty, which you need to win mm-hmm. as either your wide receiver two or your wide receiver three if you go early with two other wide receivers, at this ADP, it's just silly. And what? let's say if he goes to Washington to be the complement to Terry McLaurin. We know he has the ties with Ron Rivera. Mm. I would love that for, for Curtis Samuel. That'd be mm. awesome. Got to get this guy, man. Too low. All right. I'm going to kick it over to you. What do you got? Uh, under? Uh, we're going under here? Undervalued? You, you can pick. There's no rules anymore. Well, undervalued is clearly Mike Kosicki. We all know that I have this opinion. Tight end 10 yeah. is nonsense. And I want all these tight ends higher than they're being drafted, pretty much. Overvalued? I don't know. Denzel Mims is maybe a bit high. Even if they get a quarterback, I don't know if I like him that much, but... He could he could be good. I don't know if there's yeah. I, we might be out of overvalue range at this point. Probably. Yeah, at this point you can make an argument for anyone. That's fine. All right, let's move on. Last round here. We'll close it out with the 10th round. Mm. Your boy, Tyler Wallace. Ooh. We'll talk about him soon here on, on the show. David Johnson, Christian Kirk, Henry Ruggs, Zach Moss, Trey Sermon, the rookie out of Ohio State, Jamison mm. Crowder, Tony Pollard, Darius Slayton, Chase Edmonds, Evan Ingram, and Elijah Moore to close it out here at 120 overall in ADP. Any names stick out to you in the 10th round here? Well, Tylen Wallace sticks out to me because I love the crap out of him, but I can't confidently say... I love say the crap be, out of him. <laughs> I can't confidently say he should be way higher than this until we see his draft capital and landing spot because that that's probably going to swing it to me. There's a, I, I, My personal opinion, if Tylen Wallace gets drafted in the high second round and goes to a team where it looks like they expect him to be the one, I'm drafting him in like the top 30, maybe top 35. Wow. Yeah. Cause he's going to be oh, wow. top. He's going to be top three rookie wide receivers for me. Assuming that kind of situ- situation. If the rest of the NFL disagrees with me and he goes like fourth round to the Panthers, it's, that's going to suck. And this is yeah. going to be a proper ADP. Um, I will say less speculatively, Jamison Crowder, I don't understand this at all. Why does he for 57? We It's similar to the Curtis Samuel discussion we just had. Jameson Crowder is never going to finish this low, ever, it, it, assuming a healthy season. I think it's more likely he never finishes half this low in wide receiver. Why does he for 57? What's half that? 28 and a half, right? Am I right here? Yes. In a healthy season in PPR, Jameson Crowder does not finish outside the top 28 and a half wide receivers, ever. I do, I do not buy it. And he's going to be getting a better quarterback almost certainly. 
or well his a, situation's a little uncertain too because we don't know where he's going to be that's true but i don't really see him as a guy who's going to go and get a big contract somewhere i mean he could certainly he'll fill. Like, he'll get like a two-year deal probably yeah and for the record almost anywhere else he goes he'll get a better quarterback so true because sam Darnold a better head coach <laughs> <laughs> yes, and that's the yeah, that's the second thing I was going to say is like even if it's still Sam Darnold and James in his back, or even if he goes to a place with a, a not great quarterback, which you can't get worse than Sam Darnold has played, so good luck getting a worse quarterback. It's going to be a better coaching situation because Adam Gase is trash. So I don't understand the Jamison Crowder hate. Maybe it was the injury from last year. He should be in the top thirty-five or so in a PPR league. Through the first like two months of the season, he was like the wide receiver three. He was insane. It was crazy. Yep. It's crazy. Yeah. Always undervalued, but I get it. Like he's just a meh type of player. But he again, is, but he also those, has a better chance to be a wide receiver one in PPR than Curtis Samuel, in my opinion. We saw it last year. Mm, that's true. I agree. Always undervalued and always just available for like, hey, man, you want to throw in Jameson Carter to this deal? That'll yep. get it done for me. Yeah, sure. I'll throw him in. Great. Give me get the it. wide receiver three on my roster. <laughs> Uh, yes, it is silly, silly, silly. Go trade a third for him, rookie pick. Uh, okay, I think one guy to talk about is Evan Ingram. Ooh, and he is so so intriguing to me because of what we know he could be. And I don't think the tight end 11 is really the wrong value for him. I think to get him in this range where you're talking about, like, gosh, I don't even know. Zach Moss, like, is he really ever going to be the like a thing for them? I don't know. Henry Ruggs, is he ever going to produce? David Johnson's going to be out of the league next year, probably. So if you're going to get a guy like this that has this much freak athleticism coming off of a second year removed from a Liz Frank injury, which we told everyone it's probably going to be a slow start for Evan Ingram last year, to now get him on a bounce back campaign with either upgraded quarterback play or Daniel Jones actually not looking like a doofus out there tripping over his own feet at the five-yard line, then oh. I would be really intrigued by Evan Ingram as a sneaky, sneaky, sneaky buy low in fantasy at this ADP. What are your thoughts? It's really tough because I hate Evan Ingram so much. <laughs> Wrong person to ask. Yeah. Um, just the most disappointing thing. Like I feel like Evan Ingram is following the Odell track where, and coincidentally, both started with the Giants, where the first year we were like, oh my gosh, this guy's going to be the next great thing. And then he's held his value through years and years of garbage. He has had, bets in the last three seasons, three touchdowns, three touchdowns, one touchdown. And not for lack of targets. I understand that touchdowns are not the stickiest stat, but if you go three straight years without even getting to four touchdowns as a tight end for my fantasy roster, and you're not getting 80 catches... I do not feel good about you at all. So I literally despise Evan Ingram. However, having said all of that, tight end 11 this late with guys like Chase Edmonds, Chuba Hubbard, James Conner around him, he's kind of worth the shot because you need a tight end and he's got the talent. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) Okay, fair enough. Yeah, I'm, I, I can see your point. Uh, we'll close it out there after 10 rounds of Dynasty ADP startup values. I think it's a good way to kind of look at things. And you just look at the ADP and say, am I higher or lower than these guys? And you make trades and you plan your startup drafts accordingly because it is officially startup season here on the show, in, the, in Twitter, wherever you are playing Dynasty, it is startup season. So use this. Hopefully this is helpful for you guys. If you wouldn't mind, again, like the video, subscribe, like in your podcast app, subscribe, all those things. Check out the, the website, man. Ballblastfootball.com is popping with content. We have rookie profiles on literally all these guys that you need to know about to crush your rookie mm. draft. And it's fantastic. And if you want our specific scouting notes on all these players, you go to patreon.com slash ballblast. You sign up a few bucks a month. You get that. You support the team. You help us pay our writers. You help us do so much with that, and we put it right back into the site. So we're not taking any of this money from you guys. We're putting it right back into this product, and we're doing all these shows for free. So if you guys wouldn't mind considering that, we would love you forever, and you'll officially be Okada's best friend. Mm. The other announcement, real quick, before we close out the show, we are giving away a free Ball Blast t-shirt, which Okada's wearing. Okada, hold up the shirt. 
There you go. It's beautiful. Uh, yeah. To a winner of a contest on the Ball Blast Football Twitter page, Ball Blast FB on Twitter. Basically, you're predicting the landing spots for these quarterbacks because the quarterback carousel is insane. So go check it out. Find that tweet on the Ball Blast Twitter page. In in the contest, we're also going to donate fifty bucks to a charity of the winner's choice. So we're trying to help out a little bit, spread some some positivity these days. And you get a free T-shirt by entering the contest. No strings attached. That's all it is. So check it out. Uh, Bets, I'll just throw in there because you mentioned the scouting uh, profiles and the scouting yes. notes. I quickly wanted to glance over, see what kind of chunky content they'd be getting if they become patrons and get access to that. Depending on the scout, it's roughly 500 to 1,000 words of scouting notes from the Ball Blast senior staff. You'll love to see it. That is a lot of content. Go get it. <laughs> the value is there. Okay. We're closing out there. We'll hopefully be back with John uh, next week. Again, if you miss any of the rookie breakdowns, we talked to Javonta Williams, Travis Etienne, Najee Harris to kick it off. We're back with more rookie talk next week. Until next time, we're the Red Shirts. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Red Shirts Dynasty Podcast. Hit us up on Twitter at RedShirtsFFPod and check out BallBlastFootball.com for all things fantasy football.